hey, hey, everybody. Today we welcome author and mentor Kim Holmes. We're going to discuss the important topic of isolation as she shares from her book, A Place of Isolation. Hey, Kim, how are you? I'm doing great, Leah. How are you? Good. I miss you. And I miss you. Thank you for inviting me on. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. And I count it an honor. So, uh... Oh, Kim, we're in a time right now where we're forced to stop as a nation, as a country, as the world right now with this pandemic. And uh, before isolation happened, before the forcing, actually, you and I have experienced our own personal isolation. We are both different because of the season that God brought us through. When I was going through a really tough time in that season last year, you sent me a page from your book, The Place of Isolation, and it really encouraged me and, and spurred me on and helped me to continue, actually, and gave me a new perspective. Would you mind reading uh, the page that you sent me that day? Place of Isolation. God will put you in a place of isolation to extract out of you, pour into you, develop, grow, and mature you. The place of isolation is a place where God positions you when he wants to cultivate and establish you. He desires to plant within you a kingdom mindset. If God has positioned you in the place of isolation, he intends to prosper you. He wants your full attention. His will is to be at work in you first before he uses you. He desires to inhabit your mind, your spirit, your heart, your body, and your soul, as well as your will, your emotions, and your intellect. God wants to add increase to your life. His intent is to enlarge your territory and expand your borders. God has plans for you to flourish. He desires for you to soar. His eyes are fixed on you. God has requested your undivided attention. He is always thinking of you. Will you give God what he wants? In this place of isolation, God separates you from people, places, and things. The place of isolation is a place of seclusion, a place where you must willingly go to exit the world and come into the place of solitude, leaving out the cares of this life. While you dwell in this place, if you allow God to make the required alterations, he will reposition you, taking you to a place of tranquility where you will find rest. Even though the place of isolation is a place of rest, it is here that God is pruning, purging, and perfecting his purpose in you. It may not feel like it, dear heart, but God is. He is preparing you for greatness. Before you were born, God selectively handpicked you. He chose you to do great and mighty exploits on his behalf. The Lord has need of you. He knows your ending. Will you give him what he wants? God is fashioning you into a qualified candidate, a vessel to be used only for his glory. Therefore, the reconstructing, the remolding, the reshaping, the remaking of you is so necessary. Right in the middle of this place called isolation, not only will you find sweet rest, you will also be able to hear God clearly when he speaks, receive his instruction, conceive and give birth to your hopes, your visions, your dreams, your ministries, books, businesses, and prophetic utterances solely because of the extractions and the deposits God has made within you. 
there is a weighty price to pay when you utter the words, God, use me for your glory. You must undergo a complete makeover before God unveils you. He has to make you resilient in him so that when he does expose you, just in case you take a licking, you can keep on ticking. So God has to detach, disconnect, and disengage you from your former appetite, as well as the things that are in your today that will hinder your tomorrow. As a result, God separates you from people, places, and things that are obstructing your view because they are only deterrents, stumbling blocks to your divine destiny. Total conversion must take place to the point that you can no longer be seen because you no longer live, but it is Christ living in and through you. After God uproots your former appetite, cuts away dead branches, severs useless connections, bad relationships, and takes away busy work, be done with it. Disassociate yourself from everything and everybody that will do more harm to you than good. Anything that will keep you from fulfilling your purpose, anything that will hinder and rob you of walking in the fullness of your destiny. God does not want you to self-destruct, beloved. So he, God himself, devised the plan for your life. But in order for you to walk it out in the earth, you must be willing to completely give yourself to him, die to self, and then allow Christ to resurrect himself in you. So as a result of his unconditional love for you, God has prepared the place of isolation right here in the earth just for you. It is only in that space that you will discover exactly what those things are. Are you prepared to enter? Are you ready to be still and know that I am God? That is so good, Kim. I really like how you said your appetite has been retrained. That's really good right there. In my own personal isolation season, God has used it to do a Jesus plus nothing, you know, lifestyle for me. You don't know that God's all you need until God's all you got. He showed me I'm really all you need. And and it's more than even need. It's even desire, right? He brings you joy in his presence. Really, you don't need Jesus plus all these other things, right? It can be lonely. It can be hard. But it also forces you to kind of press in and have a deeper connection with him, right? That is true. I feel hidden. I feel like he doesn't allow me to just connect with everybody when, you know, I'm an extreme extrovert. I'm a social butterfly. Right. I always believe that God always puts the right people in your life at the right time. Because, you know, it's so rare I meet someone that has actually gone through a crazy isolation like this. Mm. I'm not talking about a little thing. I'm talking about he strips everything. And yes. And there's a lot of protection and peace as well, right? It's not like you're miserable. That's correct. But you do feel, you feel like there's, for me, like some FOMO. You know, we all have things that we tell God, like, as long as you don't take this, I'll be okay, right? And for me, I told God, like, as long as you don't take my people. And he's like, oh, really? How about I take your people? (laughs) The same thing I told him not to take. Of course he took. And he didn't allow me to just make new relationships. And instead he said, no, I'm going to do something so deep in you, you'll never be the same. And in order to do that, I have to strip you from everything that was not of him. It was a stripping of everything that was maybe shallow in my life. And I'm not saying like my relationships are shallow, but he wants to take, he wanted to take me to a place that was so deep and so different 
it was uncommon, right? Right. And he wants that for a lot of people. If he puts you into an isolation season, it's all about perspective. It's like, what do you do with that season? You could either, you know, binge watch Netflix and, uh-huh. <laughs> and you know, <laughs> just not really press in, or you can make the most of it. And that's where the, the lasting fruit comes out of intimacy with him. It's really protection, not rejection. Right. And that's, and that's so true. But oftentimes when something is new to you and you and you uh, are it's revealed to you in a in a way where you did not know what to expect when you get in that place, you oftentimes you will feel that way only because it's a way that you have not been before. Right. And so when God puts you in a place of isolation, wants, what he wants to do is, as he done with you, he wants to strip everything away from you. He wants to take you from your familiarity to a place where it's unknown that when, when he does that and he knows he can get your underbody attention. And so he removes you from people, places and things so that those things, and sometimes those things that he's removing you from, it's, it's good for you, but Mm -hmm. he just wants you solely for himself because God is a jealous God. Right. He's the only one that can be jealous and get away with it. And so when he's positioning you in a place called isolation, that means he wants to extract out of you. He wants to pour into you. He wants to develop and cultivate you and mature you to the place so that when he does release you, you will be able to actually take a licking and keep on ticking. Right, right, right. Also, what he's doing now in this season is turning the hearts of his people back to him. Amen. We have gotten off. And so now he's given us ample enough time. You know, God has given us a lot of space with his grace, but yet we refuse to see the handwriting on the wall. However, now we have no choice but to look at it, to read it, take it in, and then go to God and ask him, okay, God, what do I do? Which way are you taking me? What do you want? Where do you want me to go? Mm-hmm. And so when we settle down and we we get out of the agenda about I'm going to do it my way. Right. Because I can use Frank Sinatra, for example. When you look at his song, he said, I did it my way. Mm. And yes, he did it his way. He had all the things that he wanted in the natural, but his spirit was lost. Right. Uh-huh. And so when we yield ourselves unto God. We can't just yield the things that we want God to have. It's like me giving you a puzzle and keeping a couple of pieces and saying, Leah, put this puzzle together. You won't have a complete thing. So God is such a God of liberty. He'll give us all the leeway. But in in the end, we're going to come back to him. But God wants us to be still and to know that he is God. And when we be still and know that he is God, and he gets our undivided attention, which it is he's doing in this place of isolation for those that have an ear to hear. When we come out of this, we're going to be much stronger, much wiser, and much better. He's doing like a, a shifting and shaking right now, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to realize that some of those things that we thought we needed in our life, that wasn't really necessary. I don't really need to be so involved in that. You know, it's it's That's just true. a re- realization. I just know from what God's done in my life that he's had to be very intense and strip things. You know, he's had to come in and in order to really do what he needs to do a lot of times, you know, because, you know, we're not going to just say, okay, God, isolate me. Right. You know, just kind of like a lot of times he uses pain. You, you get to this rock bottom. I'm desperate. Jesus, I need you do whatever you want to do. When you get to that place, then he can tell you, well, I need you, just you and your heart, just you, just your time. Yes. Yes. I used to fight going into that place. That's only when I did not know what was happening. But 
as I began to just uh, just sit in the place where God wanted me to be, I began to say, see, this is what I really need. And so now, <laughs> even coming out of it sometimes, I don't want to leave. That's so beautiful. I want to stay right there because I know in, in that place is everything I need. But then it's just like an experience or an encounter that you have on top of a mountain. you got to come down from the mountain sometimes because there's work to be done in the valley. Exactly. Now, when I, I sense that God doesn't, he doesn't have to put me there any longer. I sense it and I go and sit. Right. Before, I, I can tell you, I, I went kicking and screaming because I didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. But then there are times when God puts a calling on your life that requires those things. You know, he requires different things from different people. And for you to minister out of a pure heart and with clean hands, sometimes God will take you away from everything just that you can walk into the store and talk to that stranger and meet that stranger right where they are because God has given you a word in your spirit just to uplift them and encourage them and bring a word of comfort because that's mm-hmm. what they need at that time. Right. And so I find that place a very beautiful place, a very sacred place, a place where I don't yeah. want to leave. I think at first, you know, it's everything opposite of what the world has for us, right? To be isolated. The world tells us to be out there, to mm-hmm. be successful, to meet more people, you know, live your fullest life, you know, and also that it's a waste of time to just be by yourself. Feel your calendar. You need to, you know, do things with your life because life is short, right? And God is like, no, no, mm-hmm. no time with me is wasted. Right. And I've watched him do what normally probably would have taken like 15, 20 years. He's done in five years. Come on now. He does it in an expedited rate. You're not distracted. You're focused. I wanted to ask you from your book, The Place of Isolation. I love how you said God requires isolation to unclutter our spirit and get our undivided attention. Would you share more on that? Well, a lot of times when you're out and you're on the go constantly and you're busy, you don't hear God when he speaks. And so that's why he likes to pull you back and put you in a place of stillness where you can hear him. Now, when you get to know his voice, you'll be able to hear God wherever you are. It doesn't matter if that room is full. But sometimes in order to actually hear God clearly when he speaks, he needs to pull you away from all of that in which you were. And not only that he wants you to hear him, but there's some things in you that he wants to extract out of you before he deposits in you. Because there's some things sometimes that are in you that will hinder your progress. And so by him doing what he does, it's a help to us, even if we don't recognize it at the time. So all those things that, and sometimes it's things that you don't even know that have been has been there they're just been laying dormant for a while and then something comes by and triggers it when you in a company of another person and you will say inside I don't know where that came from and so when you deposit yourself in the hands of the Lord freely then that gives him full reign to do whatever it is that he wants to do in your life at that moment so sometimes the not sometimes the clutter It can cause chaos. It can cause confusion. And it brings so much uncertainty in your life because you're like the wind and the wave. And so you're unstable. And so God will bring us to him every time that is needed. Sometimes he just brings us to him to rest. Right. As you grow in Christ and as you begin to know how he speaks to you in different ways, because then he might even flip it up sometimes and speak to you another whole different way. Right. But if you know the voice of your father, if you know the voice of Abba, you'll hear him 
whenever he calls and you'll be willing to submit. Is isolation necessary for every person that God wants to make great? Isolation is necessary for every person. And the period that you spend in that place of isolation is up to God. Nobody can determine how long you'll be, how long you can stay. But I know at, at least for myself, it's a place that I revisit over and over again. It's a place that is necessary for me because even myself, even, even outside, I would look like this social butterfly that's flying, but I desire even on my own quiet time. When I worked outside the house, I used to have what I called me days. And in those me days, I would take off time from work just to spend by myself. And I would tell my family, if you need me, call me, but if you don't, and whatever I wanted to do in that time, I did it. A quiet secret place that nobody can dis- you know, disturb you or distract you, right? That is true. You start to crave isolation. Even for me being so outgoing, I actually crave the time where it's just me and Jesus because there's so many deposits from different people that aren't of God, right? That mm-hmm. enter into your life every day. And just nothing like that time, which is you and him, because it's pure and it's perfect. Yes. And do you also know that even by spending that time with God, when you commune with other people and things are not right, you know it immediately. It's not something that you have to even even build a relationship and get into it later to say, oh, no, I don't need this in my life. And then you have to back out of it. You know, you can know immediately by God's discernment is this is for you and if it's not. Mm-hmm. And so I know that's why. And in when anything changes in my life, far as if I feel a, um, a little discomfort or something is not right, where my peace is deserved, disturbed, right. I can always pinpoint where it came from because that's how isolated my life is. Right. He doesn't let us work our own agenda because before we were born, he put in us his plans for us. Mm-hmm. And so it is our our responsibility to tap into the will of God for our lives. Right. He will give me the desires of my heart. Well, yes, he will. Only if those desires belong to him. Right. He wants to take first place in every part of our life. And if we're looking for other things to satisfy us or fulfill us, that's when he, he tugs at us. He's like, no, I'm all you need. I'm really all you need. But a lot of times we ignore that still small voice because the other things become more attractive to us. The things of the world become more attractive to us. People's approval become more attractive to us. Social media, there's so many other things that become more attractive to us. But when you see how beautiful and rich and uncomparable that is, yes. then the other things you almost have have a distaste for the things of this world because nothing's going to satisfy you and meet your need like time with Jesus. And that is true because you, you cultivate such a, a deep intimacy more and more. He strips away just approval of man because you see like, wow, what you offer me can never be offered by anyone of this world. Right. What it does is it detaches you from, from people's opinion of you or people's desires or things that, call you and pull you because you have the greatest thing right there. Mm -hmm. And when you've experienced the greater, everything else is lesser. This is true. This is true. But when we feed ourselves on the world and people and everything that this world offers, and we're full on that, then Jesus doesn't seem as attractive. He doesn't seem as satisfying as he is. 
God is turning the hearts of his people back to him. And so people are praying now that have not even been prayed before. But prayer is the one thing that keeps you in communication with God. Prayer is the one thing that will actually give God to answer you when you give him a question. And so people go to God and they give him this whole laundry list and then they get up and they walk out of his presence. Well, you didn't give God the chance to talk to you. And some, sometimes it's, it, it's like that. And so we got to be still. Like I said, be still and know that he is God. That's Psalms 46 and 10. If we're not right. still, we won't know what he's saying. Is then when we become still and he tells us and gives us the instructions on what it is that we need to do, then he'll let us know, okay, when it's time to move out. Right. It's, it's about being sensitive to the Holy Spirit's voice and leading. That's what it is. Exactly. And what we, may work for you may not work for me and vice versa. So um, we got to hear God for ourselves. I know that prayer is the key that's going to unlock a lot of things for people. Because if I sat and listened to you, you said, Kim, I need to talk to you. You know, I, I, I know you can help me with this thing that I'm going through. And you sit before me and you tell me everything that you have to tell me. And then you get up and walk out of my presence. And me sitting here knowing that God has put the answer in me. How does that, how would that make me feel? And so we can look at God at the same way. If we come to God and we give God everything that is in our heart or that's on, that's weighing us down. And then instead of sitting there waiting for him to respond, we just leave. You stay there, you rest a while, but sometimes God won't speak to you in that moment. What he does, you know, he'll just, you'll get up and know that you're through. But after that, when you get up out of the presence of God, you know that you have been with him because you're refreshed. Right. And then you walk throughout the day. Right. Or maybe even in the next week, he begin to drop things in your spirit just from that time you had spent with him. So prayer is vital. It's, it's the key that's going to unlock the mysteries that you don't know because nothing is a mystery to God. Right. And I also would say along with that is surrender. If you're not at a place that you really want to spend time with God, right? Mm -hmm. Then you're not going to start praying for that. You have to, your heart has to be ready. This is true. You know, because if you're living a selfish life still claiming to be a Christian, but you're living for yourself, then isolation is a turnoff to you. It's not going to be an attractive thing. It's not going to be a desire for you, you know? Yes. Your heart has to be right. You're right. And I can tell you what God gave me that helps me a lot is the word focus. That helps me prepare myself before I go into the place of isolation or before I go into a place of prayer. And God gave me an acronym for the word focus, which simply says fixed on continual uninterrupted surrender. That's how he broke it down for me. Nice. And so that's how I prepare my mind, my body, my, my, my soul, my spirit, because you have to engage everything in you'll be amazed at the outcome when you're able to actually get up and stand and it equips you to do the work in which he called you to do. It's a hundred percent surrender is what it is. Yes. Complete, complete, complete. Then when I began to write on, on, on the place of isolation, it was in 2009. So I've gained more of his wisdom, more of his knowledge, more of his understanding, more of an intimacy with him, more of as to what pleases him. Yeah, he starts to transform your mind. He also restores your identity in isolation, I would say. 
He transforms everything that's not lined up with him, and he actually sets your identity straight. And he shows you who you really are, why you're really on this earth, what your true purpose is, and what your calling is, and he starts to give you an assignment for the world. So it changes everything on how you kind of see yourself, how people see you, what what you care about, what matters to you. You don't have the same craving for those things anymore. He just changes everything you from the inside out. He transforms your mind, your desires. He starts to reveal his his greater purpose for you. And that's why we're on this earth is to fulfill that greater calling on us. Exactly. How can we make the most of this isolation season, this time where we're forced to be isolate now where, you know, there, there's not those constant distractions. There's not constant, you know, going to work every day. A lot of distractions are not there right now, right? Yes. How can we make the most of this isolation season to press into what God has for us to create a deeper intimacy and birth forth our God-given calling? To me, this isolation season is a blessing in disguise. It's all about perspective. It's how you see it. Mm-hmm. Yes. You can focus on, God, what do you want to do You know, in me? Let's connect. Let's become best friends, right? Let's take our relationship to a deeper level, deeper than it's ever been. Do in me what you want to do. And you can disconnect from so many things because you're forced to disconnect. And this is the perfect time for God to get our attention and do a new thing in us and prepare us for our specific calling that he has for each one of us in our sphere of influence. Seize these these moments. Take the time with God. You know, even if you have family at home, you have children at home, there is some quiet moments in your day. You may not have the time to spend three hours on end in prayer, but give God quality. He's not looking for quantity. He's looking for quality. And remember, he's a jealous God. And so therefore, he's not going to have anything before him. Yeah. No TV program, no husband, no wife, no children. You can't fit God in. He has to be in. It's easier for singles, I would say, to have an isolation season without the husband and the children distracting them. But you actually are living this out with your husband and your adult daughter and your grandchildren. How is it for when there are those distractions of family? Too, even God is intentional. He wants us to be intentional as well. And so you cannot let nothing get in the way. Even if you have to go into the bathroom and take some time in the bathroom behind a closed door, God says when you enter into the secret place, close the door. He's there with you. And so that's the time that you can take in the bathroom. Even if it's not in prayer, you're reading your word. If it's not reading your word, you're sitting in silence. If it's not sitting in silence, you're worshiping. And so you have a choice in what you do. You know, we have to get rid of the excuses because I have this and I have that. God knows he gave it to you. Yes, I know that it is family over ministry because God ordained family. And he's given us ministry. But you got to take care of home first. And then all the things are they will fall into place. So if you are plugged into God, you'll know how to navigate through life and you'll be able to get everything you need. It might not be the time that you want to spend in there. You might want to stay a little longer, but you got to come out earlier. But it's what you put in when you're in that place. And when you come out, you'll be much better. You just have to be super intentional, almost like it's an appointment you can't miss. It's an appointment with God you can't miss. You can't take it lightly. Because the enemy, when he knows that you're trying to be in isolation, he'll try every trick in the book to get you distracted. Exactly. 
I mean, I've told this story so many times, like, you know, when I sit down to read my Bible, I'm all of a sudden tired, but I can watch a movie I don't even want to watch, don't even really like the movie, but I'm caught up for four hours. I'm watching this movie. I'm like, well, I even think, why am I even watching this movie? (laughs) Right. Okay. (laughs) I'm like, this is like, not even like a good movie. Like (laughs) I don't even like this movie, but I'm caught up. Right. But he'll keep my attention focused on that movie. It's like, I can't turn it off, but I sit down to read my Bible and, you know, 15 minutes later, I'm thinking about other things to do or I get tired. Like that's just such a tool and a trick from the enemy. And and I always recognize it because I just see it so clearly now, but you have to be intentional. Yes, you do. You have to captivate your thoughts and almost fight for that time. That time is not going to naturally just come at you because the enemy knows that once you chin and you sacrifice and you're willing to give it all up for Jesus, Jesus plus nothing, he knows you will never be the same, that you're going to have purpose and you'll no longer be idle in the kingdom. And so because he knows that, it's like Lord of the Rings. Like I I just feel like Lord of the Rings is such a spiritual movie. I love that movie so much. Yeah. It really is so spirit it's so deep and spiritual. I love it. It really is. And and there's this one scene that the enemy's eye and he could see the whole world and he would whole world, yes. And he would circle the world with his eye and he was just looking for the one with the ring. He didn't care about anything else. He was focused and intent on finding the one with the ring cuz the one with the ring is the one that had the purpose, right? Exactly. So, you know, the enemy doesn't care if you're just an, an average person saying you believe in God, but you're not really yes. really taking any ground, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. But as soon as you start doing that, you have to know that he's going to try to fill your mind. And, and I'm not saying they're sinful things. I mean, it could even be good things. They could be something like doing a kind act towards someone. The truth is that he can even take something that is ministry related that, you know, it's actually a good thing, right? It's even a godly thing that you're doing and keep... And, and have you do that and keep your hand on that when God is calling you to the greater thing, because nothing's greater than just you and him and that intimate time with him. Nothing's greater. Uh-huh. Whatever it is you're doing, he's going to call you at some point. That's an assignment, but he'll call you out of that so you can spend time with him. So even those things can be just a distraction because that's a good thing. But it's not the best thing. You just have to have an ear to hear. Right. God, when he's calling you out of there. And you'll know. You'll know when it's time because things start happening where you need know you need to pull yourself back. But when you talk about the Lord of the Rings, one of the sayings that they had in, in that that stood out so powerful to me was, all those who wander are not lost. Mm. And so just because I'm not on the path that you think I need to be on or you see it seemingly seems like I'm on the wrong path, it doesn't mean I'm lost. I'm right where God wants me. And so that's why it's vital that you know the voice of God for yourself. It's vital that you know where he wants you. And also you must be delivered from people because people will actually have you doing things if you're not careful that it could, it could be of God, but it's not your responsibility to get it done. Right. And so you got to know. Right. Your no has to be no. Your yes has to be yes. Okay, friend, it's been great talking to you today. Thank you so much for sharing your heart with us. This is really deep. <laughs> we'll all have to chew on this for a while. <laughs> I'm still chewing. This is steak, not applesauce. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> to God be the glory. Yeah, to God be the glory. If you could just pray for us as a country right now, and if you could pray that we'd make the most of this isolation season to do all that God's called us to do. 
and to connect with him in a deeper way. If you can just pray for God's people right now. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We honor you, God, for this time. We thank you, Lord, that as Leah and myself gathered here, we weren't alone because Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this time that has been spent with you. We honor your presence, Lord Jesus, and we're grateful, God, that you hear us when we pray. And so, Father, I pray for every listener, God, under the sound of my voice, every listener, God, that is now desiring to spend time with you, Lord. Lord, break the spirit of distractions off of their life in the name of Jesus. Give them the self-discipline, God, and self-control, God, to draw away from what's around them, God, and to spend more time with you. Lord, we need more laborers in the vineyard, God. The harvest is right, but the laborers are few. And so, Father, we thank you, God, for those that are willing and are ready, God, to come into this secret place, the place called isolation, your holding cell, God, for them. And, Lord, we are just so thankful, God, that they will do what's necessary when they come in to spend time with you, that they will not come in with any hidden agenda or personal motives, but their personal sole reason for coming in is to spend time with you and to get your your vision on what it is that they need to do. God, you said to first seek the things of the kingdom first, and then everything else will be added. And so, Lord, as they lend their ears to you, God, as they open their heart to you, God, show them what it is that they need to be doing. Show them the things that they need to let go if things are holding them bound, Lord, hindering their progress in you. Let them turn down their plates, Lord, so they can really hear from you and know that it's your voice beyond a shadow of a doubt. Lord, this place of isolation is a place of uh, a place where I go when I want to get away, a place where I don't want to even come out of. Let them not only experience God, but let them have an encounter with you, knowing that when they come out of this place, they have been with you. Lord, prepare them for what you're taking them to when this thing is lifted off of the land, when no more social distancing order ordinances is in place so that we can be more about your kingdom. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray and I declare and decree that those that seek you shall find you with their whole heart. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Yes, and amen. Well, this was so good. Thank you so much for being on episode number two. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. And um, this is not the last of your podcast because God is going to take this even further. I see you on television. I see you with someone sitting right beside you and cameras running. So this is just a leadway into what he's doing in your life. First, there was the blog. Now there's the podcast. So be ready, not get ready. Be ready. Well, that was unexpected. (laughs) I received that. I love you, Kim. I love you too, Leah. Subscribe at LeahMarieCarson.com and follow on Instagram at The Lens of Faith. Remember, life becomes clearer when we focus through the lens of faith. Talk to you soon.